The Fitness Reborn podcast is a companion piece to Renaissance Fitness personal training. This podcast is to serve as educational and entertainment purposes only. It does not in any way constitute as medical advice. If you have a medical concern, please seek out your provider. Hello, Internet. This is the latest episode of the Fitness Reborn podcast. My name is Sean from Renaissance Fitness Personal Training, where we put movement ahead of workouts. And my guest today is Yuri Doroshuk. I say that right, Yuri? And he is a online weight loss coach. He services uh, busy parents uh, without any gimmick diets, and he's currently out of Dallas, Texas. Yuri, thanks for joining. Sean, thank you so much for having me on your show. Yeah, no problem, man. No problem. So um, an online weight loss coach. All right. So that kind of gives us a general feel for who you are and what you stand for. But kind of give us a bit more. Um, tell us, like, um, like, where do you go from there? Online weight loss coach. A lot of us see that, but we just kind of like to know a little bit more. What's the uh, who's the man behind the uh, the service? Yeah, so, you know, back in 2005 is when I entered the health and fitness industry. I was an in-person personal trainer. I did that for several years and then decided it was time for me to kind of transition out of that industry. I felt like I wanted to pursue higher education. And so I moved from California to Dallas, Texas. And so I kind of pursued my education there, got a bachelor's, master's degree, and I moved as a single person, but once the dust settled, once I graduated, uh, I was married. We had three kids, fourth on the way, and I found myself to be in the worst shape of my life. I was 65 pounds overweight because life happened like it happens to most of us. Work, school, you know, marriage, parenting. And so oftentimes our health is what gets neglected. And so I remember getting on an airplane and I felt so much pressure around my midsection that I had to like unbutton my belt around my pants and the button itself just so I could like have a comfortable flight. And so I knew at that point that, okay, something had to change. And I'm not going to lie to you. I was a little scared at first because I had three short stints previously where I lost 15, 20 pounds, started looking better, feeling better. And then over time kind of fell back into my old habits. And then a year, two years later, back to square one. And so that hesitation this time around was real because it's like, okay, what's different? Like, am I going to just lose a little bit of weight and then gain everything back? And so I, I knew Sean at that point that it had to be done differently. And so instead of asking the question of, okay, how can I lose weight? I actually asked a different question. How can I lose weight in such a way that once I reach my goal, there's nothing else to go back to because the way I lost weight was realistic, sustainable, and enjoyable. And that's the problem I began to solve. And so within a year, I lost all 65 pounds. And it was during that time, this was back in 2018, that my passion for the health and fitness industry kind of rekindled. And then people started coming up to me, asking me, how'd you do it? You have four kids now. You 
you're busy and you're able to somehow lose weight without, you know, sacrificing your family on the altar and uh, you look great, teach us how. And so that kind of naturally transitioned to me coaching. I knew I didn't want to just confine myself to a building. And so I started exploring like online coaching. What is that? Uh, is that sustainable? And so I got really excited as I started to dive deep into what online coaching looked like. Cause I thought, to be honest, Sean, like, why would somebody want an online coach when they could go to a local gym, hire a personal trainer, see them face to face, and that's it. So that was my limiting belief. And then as I started to kind of dive into online coaching, honestly, I realized accountability is superior online. And we could go into like the details of how, but if you'd like, but it's superior uh, accountability. So I realized proximity does not equal to accountability. And so with technology today, my accountability is higher. My results that I deliver are better online than it is in person. Uh, and so I got really excited, like, because I could serve more people and the people can get better results. And so since 2019, I've been doing online coaching uh, full time, serving busy moms and dads, the individuals that don't want to diet per se, and they don't want to sacrifice their kids. They don't want another to do on their, you know, long list of to do's as a parent. And so we just make it very realistic, very sustainable. And every individual is unique and different. And we create strategies for that person. So that's kind of how my journey came about. I personally lost the 65 pounds and now I get to serve other uh, parents as well to do the same. It's interesting, it's interesting uh, that you say that the accountability online was superior to in person because, um, you know, most people, myself included, naturally think well, it would be a lot more difficult talking, dealing with someone um, virtually versus someone who you have to see face to face every single day or a couple times a week. I know myself here when I've worked online, I've had people because when I give them like, you know, the, the price of my service and what all it's included and all that stuff here, the fact that, you know, it's online and I wasn't like with them to do the to do the workout, even though they were accountable to me was kind of a it was a it was a no go for them. It was a non starter for them. It's like, well, that's too much money for me to for something that, you know, I'm basically doing on your own. Well, you're not doing it on your own. You have to report to me. It's not just, you know, me sending it out to you and then bye-bye, take your money. Um, but that was a that was kind of a, a stumbling block for a, a lot of people. So how did you make it to an advantage rather than a disadvantage? Yeah, it's, I, I think I, it's I, first and foremost conviction of the coach, the trainer. If you truly believe that in-person is superior that's going to come out. So first and foremost, as a coach, as the professional, I need to be convinced of the reality that that online is more superior. And here's how, man. So as an in-person trainer, and I'm, uh, I'm talking from experience now, here's how it went. I had 
5 a.m. clients up until 9 p.m., right? And usually kind of during the afternoon when people are working, it's a little kind of it slows down. I get to work out myself. I have three, four hours to myself. I might nap. And then I kind of have that evening shift. And so a good trainer has his or her schedule pretty full. So let's say today is Monday. I have eight clients. I'm going to serve and, and I'm going to take eight clients through a workout. Tomorrow, I'm going to have a new set of clients. And on average, let's say an individual sees me two to three times a week. Let's just say twice, okay? Monday and Thursday. Well, Tuesday, Wednesday, who's holding them accountable? There's 168 hours in a week. They see me two times. So who's going to hold them accountable 166 hours? Nobody. I, as much as I would want to, I simply can't because today I have a new set of clients that need my attention and I'm focusing on them. And so they're at home, they're at work, and I won't get an update from them until our next training session, which is two, three days later. And then when I finally see them, the conversation goes, okay, how have you been? Did you work out in between our sessions? Yes, no. Okay. How was your nutrition? Oh, you know, it was good. I could have been better. And the conversation, Sean, is always past tense. We're always talking about how did you do? Whereas in online coaching, everything is in real time. I see what they eat in real time today. I could see what they ate yesterday. I could comment on their food log. I could ask them, hey, I, I noticed you put rice and, and, and steak and a side salad, but did you have dressing in that side salad? Yeah. Well, why didn't you log that? Oh, yeah. Wow. I forgot. And by the way, how did you marinate and how did you prep your steak? Oh, you know, I, um, I put olive oil. Well, did you put olive oil in the food log? I don't see it. Oh. I didn't, right? And so the accountability is is so much more superior because it's A, in real time, and B, I have more access into their life remotely. The only disadvantage I would say is the fact that I can't see and watch their form, right? And that's the huge mm -hmm. advantage for in person. But if someone's kind of younger, 30s, 40s, Right. And they don't, they're not really like special needs. I, I found that my video tutorials of every exercise that I have them doing and me explaining how they do it is sufficient. Nobody out of the hundreds of clients that I've trained, nobody's come back to me and said, Yuri, I need a six month break because I think uh, I messed up my shoulder doing one of your exercises. It just hasn't happened. And so from that standpoint, the accountability is much higher. I offer, okay, group coaching calls. So they get one-on-one -on -one calls with me. Then there's group community calls. So every Monday, I lead a mindset uh, Monday call where we talk about a different topic on mindset and then we create a community. So instead of them just doing this one-on-one -on -one with me, there are other moms and dads that are with me, that are with them on mission to become healthier and happier. And they don't feel like they're alone. 
And throughout the week, we have a private Facebook group where they post their wins. They ask questions because I don't want them just learning from me. I want them learning from other parents that are on the same journey as them. And so we foster community online. We have coaching calls that are group and one-on-one. -on -one. And then I created a course where I don't want to just give them a fish. I do give them a fish. I want to teach them how to fish. And so I have a course of videos that talk about mindset, nutrition, exercise that they get to watch throughout their 16-week journey in what I call in my program's Health Changer Academy. So there's that education component. Sean, at the end of the day, man, all we want is one thing. We want results. That's it. You and I are a means to an end. And that end is for them to feel better, look better, whatever the health and fitness goal is. That's what that person cares about. Everything else is a tool. You and I were just a tool on their journey. And if I have the conviction that my online coaching is far more superior than Johnny up the street, who's going to see you two times a week and have no idea what you're doing outside of that one hour that you spend with them. If I have that conviction, they feel it. They come in and they get the result. And really, that's what they're paying for. They're not paying for conversation with me. They're not paying for, oh, this is how you properly do an exercise. What they're paying for is, hey, I'm at 220. I want to get to 170. Can you do that for me? And if my online coaching can, that's all they really care. So that's my kind of response. That's Okay, gotcha. Um, so... Being that it's your your profession is weight loss, so obviously we're talking about a, a reduction of a certain number. Um, take going from one number to another. You know, if you want to break it down into the most basic components here. So um, now you talked a lot about uh, monitoring and having them properly document what it is they're actually eating, you know, not leaving out all the details. You know, if they had a salad, okay, great. Was there dressing on the salad? What kind of dressing? What did the label say? That kind of thing. So is it is it a kind of a larger focus on the nutritional aspects of it um, as opposed to the exercises themselves? Or is it kind of like a healthy mixture of the two? Well, you know the, how they say it's 80% nutrition, 20%. Mm -hmm. I'll say it's 100% nutrition and 100% exercise, first and foremost. But if someone's goal is weight loss, the nutrition needs to be on point because I've seen people, they work out. I mean, when I work out, my watch tells me after about 45, 50 minutes, I burned like 250, sometimes 300 calories. That's like a Snickers bar. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes people think, hey, I just lifted weights. So now I could eat whatever I want. And so I put more focus on nutrition. Although every single client of mine does exercise. My standard is three workouts a week, 30 to 40 minutes. That's it. If you want to do home workouts, gym workouts, that's fine. But if I could get you in a calorie deficit and then you're working out, doing the workouts I gave you, that's sufficient for you to get to your weight loss goal. Now, can we optimize our workouts? Absolutely. But a decent exercise routine and a great nutrition strategy is sufficient to get someone to their goal. And so that's kind of my take.
three workouts a week, 30, 40 minutes. And based on the equipment that they have is what I mm. give them. I have demonstration videos attached to every single exercise that I give them. How many sets, how many reps, what's the rest time. And I tell them, I was like, I say, if you feel like something's off, it doesn't, it feels awkward doing that movement. You're not sure if you're doing it right. Put your phone on the ground, record yourself doing the squat, send it to me and I'll give you feedback. And so that's how we kind of overcome uh, that aspect of, am I doing it right? Am I doing it wrong? Um, and so, yeah, nutrition is definitely key. Uh, you you touched on something I was going to ask you next. It's like, oh, so what type of equipment would people need to be able to do your program here? So would they have to have access to anything in particular or could they just like work with whatever it is you have, they have in their home and you just kind of, uh, fit the program around that. Yeah, uh, that's exactly right. And so I asked the person, Hey, do you want to go to the gym or do you want to work out at home? Because I serve busy parents, sometimes mm -hmm. they don't have time to just go to the gym and spend 40 minutes, one hour at the gym. So I want to give them an option. And a lot of times they'll say, I want to work out at home, but I don't have equipment. So what I do is I'll just tell them to buy fit, like bands with the handles Mm -hmm. And that's about $20 on Amazon. That'll give them resistance. And so I create a routine around those fitness bands and their body in their living room while their kid is crawling be between their legs. They're watching Coco Melon or Blippi on the TV screen. They're in the living room with their kid getting their exercise in. The key, Sean, for me is creating habits. That's it. Mm -hmm. It's not so much optimizing the most perfect workout. If I can get someone to show up for themselves three times a week to do a workout, then six months from now, a year from now, when they say, hey, how can I optimize my workout? It's going to be so much easier to make tweaks to what they've already been doing over the last 16 plus weeks. The problem with a lot of people is they try to get the most perfect workout routine. They try to get the most perfect nutrition strategy. They try to get everything perfect and they just never start because perfection doesn't exist. And so mm -hmm. the way I think about weight loss is, can I get you to work out three times a week regardless of how busy you are? And as we kind of go through our 16-week journey together, you start showing up to yourself for yourselves, for yourself. Then can I get you to stay in a calorie deficit most of the time? My philosophy is C's get degrees. So you don't have to be perfect, but can you get can you give me a C average in staying in a calorie deficit? If you can, then we're creating some great habits. And so takes about what 60 days 66 days to create a habit but habits aren't permanent necessarily we've we've created many habits in the past i think all of us have but then a year later we're no longer doing them and so for me health changer academy my entry level 16 week program is is that it focuses on creating habits routines and making shifting our mindset around how we uh, approach nutrition and exercise. 
That's what the 16 weeks is. My next tier program is a year long. Okay. And the reason why it's a year long is you got a year plus four months. That's about 16 months total. Well, research shows it takes about 18 months of doing something for it to become a lifestyle. So if I could get someone to start working out, creating that habit, and then another year of continuing that while I support them, while I provide them community, while I provide them accountability, we're getting very close to that 18-month mark. And at that point, they go on vacation, they're excited about taking workout clothes because it's starting to truly become a lifestyle. They're excited to take their running shoes with them to an all-inclusive resort at, in Cancun. They're excited about that. Whereas a year ago, they're going on vacation to not do those things. Now their mindset has changed. And so that's how I approach my uh, routines, habits, shifting them into uh, a lifestyle. And then about two, two years or so, something becomes like part of who you are. It becomes like your DNA. It's no longer I'm doing health and fitness. I am health and fitness. Your friends perceive you as someone that is fit, someone that is all about health. Your kids perceive you as such. That takes about two years for that to happen. And so for me, I don't just care about the number on the scale. I care about who the person is becoming, right? They're the person that's working out more. They're the person that's eating less fast food. They're the person that's drinking more water, right? Who they're becoming for me is the most important thing. Because if I could control who they're becoming, then the scale, the number on the scale will fall as a result of that. So nothing gimmicky. The scale doesn't, you know, tell us the whole story. There's pictures we take, circumference measurements, how our clothes feel, our energy levels. Those are all things that show our success when sometimes the scale doesn't budge, but they dropped in clothes size because they've put on some muscle in the process. So when I uh, was was researching, you know, your background and stuff like that, um, I came across because you talked about mindset. You talked about we've talked a lot about the mentality of the of the person exercising and how they approach exercise and how they actually view as a part of their life. So you've you've said that you've got you know a program that goes about eighteen months here if desired, but obviously you don't throw that all at a person all at once because it would be overwhelming. You know, you put 18 months in front of somebody, they're going to go, oh, my God, isn't there something that can get me there faster? So I think that's a pro that's probably a, a smart approach there, too. You kind of you get the ball rolling and then you you build on from there. So it's all about uh, meet, re meeting somebody where they're at and kind of adjusting the program to their current mindset. Now, you had like you said, there's five mindset hacks. Did I, did I read that right? It's been a while since I looked yeah. at it. Yeah. You know, five mi mindset hacks. Okay. So you kind of touched on one already. So why don't you take us through those five mindset hacks? Okay. So the, the first one is not every day has to be perfect. Okay. A lot of times when we start a, like a health and fitness journey, we think of, okay, it needs to be perfect. 
Mm-hmm. And when it's not perfect, it just derails us, right? And so one of my first things that I teach uh, my clients is not everything has to be perfect. Like take that pressure of perfection off. That ideal does not exist, okay? The next thing I tell them is approach the program one day at a time or approach your weight loss journey one day at a time. And what that simply means is sometimes when we kind of look at like, wow, I got 30 pounds to lose. Oh, 50 pounds to lose. That That's that's so much. That's going to take so much time. And then we're just so focused on the future that we don't capitalize on the present. So I tell them, hey, come Monday when you start with me, I want you to think that your weight loss program is only one day long. It's Monday. Can you do what it takes to win the day on Monday? And so I give them my metrics of what I consider winning the day. And that's all that they focus on. And at the end of Monday, they either say, yes, I did it or no, I didn't. And if they say, yes, I did it, that's it. You completed your program one day. Tuesday, I want you to repeat it. Can you win the day? That's it. And if you start stringing together those wins, you're going to build a lot of momentum. Because if not, then you're like, oh, I got 16 weeks. I got plenty of time. Before you sneeze, you're halfway through. And you're like, oh, maybe I should really start focusing now. So that's the first one, one day at a time kind of program. The second one is, yeah, not every day has to be perfect. C's get degrees. This is what... This is what like freezes up a lot of people is that perfection mindset. Oh, I have a wedding to go to. What am I going to do? Oh, no, my progress is going to be ruined. I I don't know what kind of food they're going to serve. It's like, no, just breathe. We're good. You've already been uh, stringing uh, together wins. Okay, you have a five-day win streak. You have a seven-day win streak. It's okay. Go to the wedding. Enjoy whatever they have over there. Once the wedding is over, let's get some more win streaks. All right. The third one is your best meal comes after your worst meal. And and, and the mindset behind that is, is a lot of times, let's say it's a Saturday morning, Sean, you're trying to lose weight. You're on this journey. You wake up, you're walking towards your uh, kitchen and you trip. Right, and you try to grab onto your kitchen island to just to support yourself, but you accidentally like grab the box of donuts, and as you fall to the ground, the donuts fly up into the air, and two of them pop in your mouth. Saturday morning, oh no, your day is ruined. And a lot of us will say, "Okay, I'm going to start over tomorrow because it's ruined," or "I'm going to start over Monday." And, and this mindset says, no, 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 your next snack or your next meal, make it a on-track meal. Who cares what you had for breakfast? Can your next meal be an on-track meal? Because really, if we're eating three, to- three like full meals a day, that's about 21 meals in a week. And if it's Saturday morning, you still have five more meals through Sunday. Why would you throw away those five meals because you feel like you messed up breakfast on Saturday morning? 
Mm-hmm. So the mindset says, hey, what's in the past is in the past. This lunch that you're going to have in a few hours, make it an on-track meal. So that's kind of the mindset, right? And the same principle applies to a week. Let's say the week was just disastrous. Fine. Your best week comes after your worst week. Let's say a whole month was bad. Fine. Your best month comes after your worst month. If people had that mindset coming in January, they would see great progress throughout the entire year. But what ends mm-hmm. up happening with people with New Year's resolutions, come February, March, they, they mess up once, twice. They're like, oh, what's the point? I'm going to start over Monday. And then by Tuesday, they've already messed up. Okay, I'm going to start over next Monday. And it, we want to eliminate that kind of mindset. Your next meal is the best meal. All right. And then the fourth mindset, winning streaks. Thinking of your progress in terms of winning streaks. So today's Monday. You crush Monday. Great. Tomorrow's Tuesday. Can you stay in a calorie deficit? Can you get your workout in? Good. That's a two-day win streak. Wednesday, can you do the same? Drink more water than you've ever have. Let's shoot for, you know, three liters. Let's shoot for a gallon. Let's stay in a calorie deficit. Let's work out. Can you do that? Yes. Wow. That's a three-day win streak. And you start stringing together those win streaks. And all of a sudden, before you know, you have a 12-day win streak, 15-day win streak. That's a lot of momentum. And then you have a camping trip. Three days, you're in the woods, you're eating, you know, camping food whatever that means, but that shouldn't scare a person because you've already got a 15 day win streak. Your two, three day camping trip is not going to derail the 15 days. And the moment you come back from that camping trip, now, you know, you could string another 10, 15 days. And so then you string another 10, 15 days and that camping trip in the middle won't even affect your progress if you look at it as a whole. And so I just want them to have these win streaks because when they have a wedding, when they have an anniversary, when there's a birthday, when there's a road trip, when there's a summer vacation, I don't want to tell them, okay, well, what's your strategy in losing weight while you're vacationing? Okay, well, what's your strategy? Like, no, we don't need to lose weight on on a vacation because we have lots of momentum built up before that event and we're going to have a lot of momentum built up after so that's the fourth mindset and the fifth mindset is you got to take full responsibility like Mm -hmm. full ownership full responsibility no one's going to care about your progress the way you will not even your spouse and and the sooner you you grasp that the less pressure you're going to put on your spouse when they bring something that you feel is going to derail you, right? Oh, you brought ice cream. Why did you bring ice cream? Like, no, no, no. Your yeah. spouse is not supposed to be the one that's going to care about your journey. They'll support you, but you have to take ownership. If you live at home and, and somebody else cooks for you, like you still have to take ownership of your progress. And I found practically speaking, when someone starts their weight loss journey, everybody supports them. As they start gaining momentum and they start looking better than their friends, 
all of a sudden there's not that much love and support. You know, all of a sudden your friends aren't saying, hey, uh, I know you're trying to lose weight. You know, let, uh, let's let, let's go to that restaurant. They're, they're not offering you the best solutions. They're actually offering you restaurants that may not help you along your weight loss journey. And you got to be okay with that. It's not right. their job to sit there and, and, and move every obstacle out of your way. And so you just got to own it. If you're married, don't expect your kids, don't expect your spouse to, to be, you know, moving all the hurdles for you. They're going to offer a restaurant that you're thinking, Ugh, this is not really conducive to my fitness goal. And you have to navigate that. Um, and so that that's the fifth mindset. So now just going off of what your example of uh, like your spouse bringing home ice cream and you're trying to you're trying not to eat ice cream. Um, so we now, what we understand about sugar is that we understand now uh, how addictive sugar actually really is and that how it really activates dopamine receptors in our brain here. So to say that you don't expect your spouse to really give you very much support or very much of a, a, a handout in, in your effort to try to lose weight there, when they, when they bring in something that, you know, you have a very for sure weakness for like ice cream or cookies or something with a high uh, amount of concentrated um, sugar in it, knowing how addictive it really is. It can be said as like, well, it's like bringing beer into the house of, an, of someone who's a recovering alcoholic. Yeah. So when, when you say that, so, you know, to a lot of people, when they're here, it's like when you say that, well, don't expect your spouse to support you. Why wouldn't your spouse support you if they don't, then they obviously don't care much about you. Right. So. Um, it, it, it can be kind of, it, it kind of a fine line to walk there. You kind of like, almost like you're draw, drawing a line between <laughs> two married people. So I, I, yeah, I would say this, let me, uh, let me, uh, rephrase it like that, like this, your spouse should support you. Right. And if they know you're on a weight loss journey, they quote unquote should not bring things that may derail you. Yes, in an ideal world, absolutely. But in situations where they do bring ice cream because they want ice cream tonight, we can't use that as an excuse, as a crutch as to why I didn't make progress in my journey. That's right. what I'm saying. And I would hope that a spouse would help as much as possible. But also, a spouse doesn't want to feel constrained themselves, like they're on a weight loss journey when they're not, because mm -hmm. their loved one is. So I hope spouses make it very easy for for their for their you know spouse that's trying to lose weight. But in cases that they don't, you still got to take ownership. And as far as ice cream, there's Halo Top ice cream, which is a third of the calories from let's say Ben and Jerry's. And so to be honest, I ate ice cream about four times a, a week when I lost my 65 pounds. Um, and so I didn't, I practiced restraint over restriction. So the mindset there, here's a bonus mindset. The mindset there is, hey, I had ice, I had, I had pizza last night. I'm gonna skip pizza as leftovers for today's lunch. Because I had it last night. So it's not that I could never have it. But it's, hey, I had it last night. Why Why am I going to have it two days in a row? 
And that's the principle that I kind of teach is we practice restraint, not restriction, because mm-hmm. restriction will always lead to binge eating. Right. No, I, I fully agree, Yuri. And uh, I, uh, you know, I, I think the central message is, is, is your responsibility and nobody else's. I just know that that is a very difficult pill for people to swallow. And I kind of wondered, um, have you run into have you run into very many problems with expressing that message to others? Have they kind of like spat it back or they kind of uh, just kind of took issue with it at all? Or does it just does it just resonate with a lot of the people you work with? It resonates. It resonates because the the spirit of of this mindset is in moments that your spouse or your friends aren't that supportive. Mm-hmm. It's still your responsibility. It sucks, but it's still your responsibility. Don't feel like you're a victim to kind of their stumbling block that they set before you, like it's still your responsibility. Um, and most people, they, they fully agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had one client who's like, man, my husband, he keeps putting chocolate all over the house and I'll open a pantry <laughs> and it just starts staring at me. And so she thought about like buying a little, I don't know, like a kitchen bread, you know, one of those bread, uh, holders where the thing kind of slides down and slides right. up and you could pull out the yeah. bread and like putting a lock on it. So, <laughs> uh, you know, that really didn't work. And, and it's tough when a spouse really just has poor habits and, mm. and they're always bringing stuff in. It does make for the, for the journey to be a little bit slower because yeah. I always teach, like, if you, if you want to overcome your temptations, the easiest way is to not have it in your house, mm-hmm. right? Like, if it's not in your house, then you might crave something. But if it's not in your house, you're not going to eat it. If it right. is in your house and you're like, oh, I'm not going to have it today. I'm not going to have it today. You might not have it today. But tomorrow you probably will. And so the easiest thing to do is to prevent it from coming through the doors of your home. And that means when you're work when you go grocery shopping, and this is something I also teach, don't go hungry. Sean, when I go to the grocery store after my workout and I'm hungry, I buy the dumbest stuff, man. I'm telling you. But when I go to the gym and then I eat my meal and I'm full I go to the a grocery store and I make smart decisions. I buy what I need. And so that's just another little a little hack that I teach parents. Like don't go to the grocery store on your way home from work and you're hungry because you will mm-hmm. go and you will start buying things that you probably don't need. So eat first, be full, then go to the grocery store. Is this a lot of the same methodology that you applied to yourself when you lost that 65 pounds? Or have you been one of these people that has a lot of intrinsic motivation, a lot of intrinsic discipline? And, you know, all you had to do was just kind of tap into it. Some people are just like that. They can they have that force of will where they can, they can just withstand whatever pressure is put in front of them, you know. And some people are just very they are very externally based. You know, they need that support. They need that community. 
you know, they need that gym buddy, that kind of person yeah. who's going to yeah. push, push them with them. Have you, are you, are you one of those or have you been more of the more internal people? You know, a great question. And I found what makes the journey easier is, is doing a strategy that's realistic, sustainable, and enjoyable. I had mm-hmm. one client who was an accountant who was in busy season. And in busy season, and if you're a public accountant, you know you're working crazy hours. And a lot of times these companies will just cater in food because they want you working through lunch. And yeah. she said, Yuri, like I'm not even tempted by all the stuff that they're catering in because the meal that I have prepared is delicious. So I'm not tempted. See, it's only hard when we're doing something that's just dumb. And in my yeah. opinion, like keto, things that are cutting out carbs, uh, l- restrictive diets, that's not sustainable. Willpower will uh, will fizzle out and then you're going to go back to what you like. And so my pragmatic approach is, well, let's look at what you like. Let me show you how you can make small tweaks to those meals to cut your calories, put you in a calorie deficit so you can lose weight. And it's not that hard. And so the way I lost weight, no joke, Sean, at that time, I was traveling 48 out of 52 weeks. I was in a new city every week. And usually it was Monday through Wednesday night. International trips, I was gone for like 10 days. So I lost 65 pounds eating out half the time, navigating airports, hotels, whining and dining clients. Okay. I lost the weight. And so for me, calorie deficit is king when it comes to weight loss. And so a lot of times, a lot of programs, they begin with what foods you should have or should not have. These are the good foods to eat. Don't eat this. Man, if if the program starts with that premise, that person's going to fail eventually. And they're going to need that motivation. They're going to need that intrinsic motivation, right? But if, if I start with, hey, eat whatever the heck you want. So as long as you're in a calorie deficit, it makes the journey much easier. But Yuri, uh, but what if they eat foods that aren't healthy for them? We'll deal with that in time. Like we'll deal with that. Oh, but shouldn't they have brown rice over white rice? Yeah, brown rice is healthier. That can wait. The problem is a lot of people, they want this 180 degree turnaround for a person. And that just practically speaking doesn't work. So I say, I don't care what you eat. If you want a Big Mac, eat a Big Mac. Just make sure you're in a calorie deficit. A year from now, they might realize, you know what? Eating Big Macs three times a week is probably not good for my body. We're not even talking about weight loss, just from a health standpoint. And then they make that change. Then they might say, you know, eating frozen meals that are processed, sure, I could eat them and they keep me in a calorie deficit. But that's some processed stuff. That's probably not even real meat in, in that meal. You know, I think I'm going to go buy some meat. I think I'm going to go grocery shopping and prepare the meal myself 
as opposed to popping it into the microwave. And if that happens a year from now, I'm okay. Because they have a whole lifetime of living. And if I want them to just change immediately everything, no wonder 98% of the people fail. No wonder 98% of the people need some kind of special motivation, something that's Mm going to keep their willpower going. No, like I'm a pragmatist. I will meet you where you're at. And then I'm okay with making those smart changes. Okay, you drink Coke? Can you drink Diet Coke? Oh, aspartame. It's not good for you. Da, 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 da. It's like, but it has zero calories. And if I can get you to lose 10, 15 pounds in a year from now, you might say, you know what? I actually enjoy water now more than Diet Coke. Great. And so for me, I'm a pragmatist and I'm all about creating habits, routines, and a mindset. It's going to last a lifetime. And I think at the end of the day, that's what a coach is. A coach is someone that puts certain steps in front of each individual where they could safely take without falling through the crack. There's an ideal of you should eat this, but most people are far from that. And as a coach, I'm putting steps for them to take. And everybody's different. Some people, I'm like, you should just cut out soda. They're like, no problem. Others, it's like, oh my gosh, I drink five sodas a day. All right, can you do two? And then the third and fourth, make it a diet, right? Everybody has a different step that needs to be uh, put. Some people need more steps. Some people need less steps. And that's where the customization is. But ultimately, we have a lifetime of of living. And so I want to make sure... It's sustainable. Tell us the difference between a gimmicky diet and proper nutrition. The gimmicky diet like puts you under 1200 calories. Gimmicky diet like takes away one of the three macronutrients. Usually it's either carbs or fats. They'll pull that away. So don't. Gimmicky diet says, here's what you can only eat. Avoid these type of foods. Gimmicky diet are companies that will send you boxed foods and will say, as long as you eat this, you're good and you're going to lose weight. And it's true. You're good and you lose weight until you stop eating their foods. Gimmicky diets start with, yeah, don't eat this. You have to eat this. And so I, for me, there's three hierarchies of nutrition for weight loss. The first one is how many calories should you be eating in a day, in a week? The next one is what types of foods should you be eating? And the third is when should you be eating those foods, right? And so for me, the first one is how much you should be eating. And I think when we start with what you need to be eating, it becomes gimmicky because it's just not sustainable. All right. And then when, once they start pushing products and supplements and vinegar and all that crazy uh-huh. things, it's like a uh, red flag soup yeah, diet. That's good. That's good. That's a, that's a good point. You know, if you, if it's focusing on strictly on what you're eating, then it, then it's a gimmick. I think that's a, that's a solid point. I think you just made there. It's a really good uh, summarization of just where a lot of things really are with the uh, diet industry. <laughs> So, um, 
So in terms of like, we all know that, you know, being a parent obviously creates loads of responsibilities just because now you have kids and everything else. And well, if you have kids, likely you're also a functioning adult, at least you hope so, which means you got a job, which means you got this, you got bills, you got all that other stuff too. Um, was there a particular reason that you focused only on, that you focused only on parents? Do you only work with uh, parents or do you kind of work with a little bit of everybody or do you focus strictly with uh, moms and dads? I mean, weight loss, regardless if you're, what you're, you know, whether you're married or not, whether you have kids or not, the science is the same, right? So I do right. have young professionals. I have people that aren't married. I have people that are married that don't have kids. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I don't say no to a, you know, a individual that doesn't, that doesn't have kids, but just my niche is, is more parents simply because I know what it's like as a parent of four kids navigating mm. that, right? Like how do we create a strategy around a parent who wants to lose weight without them like feeling like there's just one more thing they have to do on top of the long list of things parents do daily. Like how do we mm -hmm. lose weight in a way that doesn't pull us away from kids? And so that's kind of my specialty. But if you're like a young professional who travels, you're in sales and you're like, ah, I go to a different city. Like, yeah, I lost 65 pounds doing that. I could help you. If you're someone that's just tired of being overweight and you've been overweight all your life and that's become your identity that you've convinced yourself, you just have bad genes and, and this is my lot in life, we could reclaim your body. I, ha I have a client, Paul, who is down 66 pounds. And he was always kind of like the bigger guy. Like he's just always been the bigger guy. And he is at the lowest he's been since he can remember. He's about 38 right now. He's like, I don't remember the last time I weighed this much. Like as far as his memory can take him, he doesn't remember. I have another client who's 33, three kids. She, she just told me she is her junior high weight. She's like, I know that because I used to wrestle and I know what my weight class was. She's like, I am my junior high weight. Um, and so I could help anybody who, who, who's tired of just feeling blah, stuck, that wants to reclaim their health in a sustainable way. So, cause the one of my last questions I have for, cause I know you're on a time crunch here. Um, what do you think of us? You know, we live in a world right now, at least in the United States where the fitness industry is a billion dollar enterprise. Mm -hmm. makes a lot of money off of people. And like you said earlier, it has a pretty large fail rate. In other words, you know, these, for these folks that crop in in January by the, the infinite, the infinite, you know, are largely gone. 80% of them are gone by February. So yep. as fitness professionals as a whole, we don't do a very good job. All these people spend all this money every year on fitness and they're not getting their fitness results. What do you think of that? I think it's our job to redirect the individual who has a goal 
from, hey, I want to lose 50 pounds, I want to lose 30 pounds, to redirect their goal to their process goals. Who do you want to become? Okay, Because if I could focus on who I want to become, what kind of lifestyle change I want for myself, what, what kind of patterns I need to change, eating habits I need to change, if I could focus on the process, then the end result of me losing 20, 30 pounds will be a byproduct of that. So anytime I'm I'm talking with someone, they're they're interested in my coaching, and I ask them about their goal, and they're like, oh, I want to lose 30 pounds, and uh, I want to be a size six. I say, okay, that's good. Who do you want to become? Because clearly you've been living a certain lifestyle. You you've had certain eating patterns and habits. Who do you want to become? And I tell them. Fill, fill in this sentence. I want to be a person that, and I want to hear you say, and they're like, um, I want to be a person that cooks more at home. Okay, good. I want to be a person that drinks more water. Great. I want to be a person that eats more vegetables. Good. And so during our journey, I say, focus on who you are becoming. Well, you're, the scale didn't drop today, this week. Did you work out three days a week? Remember you wanted that as one of your goals? You work, good, that's a win. Did you cook more this week than you have in the past? Yeah, win. And you focus on the process of who you're becoming and then the end result of, hey, I want to lose 50 pounds is the byproduct. So you embrace the process and that's mindset, right? And that's why I say mindset is the number one overlooked elements of a weight loss journey. But nobody addresses mindset. So, oh, you want to lose 30 pounds? Let's do it. Work out every day for one hour. Don't eat these foods. Eat more of these foods. Let's go. That, that, that's not motivating at all. So I always start with the mindset. And oftentimes people don't, to be fair, they don't care about mindset. They just want to lose 30 pounds. But then it's like they shoot themselves in the foot. So they trust me. If they trust the process, and if they truly want a lifestyle change, because that's the only way it'll be permanent, then I guarantee you, your clothes will feel much loose on you. The scale will go down. All of that will come as a result of the focus on the process. We have a closing tradition, Yuri. Okay. Where the guest give gives a final word. If the people who are listening to this show right now can remember only one thing from you, what would you say it would be? Focus on the process of who you're becoming, and the end result will come. There you go. Can't say any better than that. Yuri, thank you so much for showing up, man. Sean, thanks so much for having me, man. I love no. I, I love chatting with you, man. Yeah, this is this has been a great conversation. To everyone who's listening right now, I'll put in links to Yuri's website, his social media. Of course, they'll all be in the uh, the footnotes, and uh, you can reach out to him at any time. Here, I gotta let Yuri go because he's got stuff to do. But until next time, move forever. Peace out, y'all. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget, you can become a supporter of the show by becoming a monthly subscriber. No commitments. Cancel anytime. Every little bit helps. 
and I'd sure love your support. Also, you can click any of the links to our social media platforms provided in the show notes, and you can email me at renfitnesswarriors at gmail.com. That's ren, R-E-N, fitnesswarriors at gmail.com. If you got a fitness story to tell, I'd love to hear it. And you never know, you might just find yourself on the show. Until next time, train hard. Peace. Peace.